Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast, right here on arsblog.oleole.com. Hope we find you well this particular Friday. We've had one win since the last Arscast, one rather controversial defeat, and obviously the main pantomime villain of a great big, huge, massive, enormous, ginormous, humongous, diplodocus-sized cunt is Emmanuel Adibayor, and I suspect his name may pop up once or twice uh, during the duration of this show. Uh, nevertheless, there's lots of other stuff to be going on with. Uh, it's a busy show. We have got Yogi's Warrior from a cultured left foot to talk about the goings-on of the week. As well as that, Sylvester's in the house. The man in the bar is here. He has got a player history. Yeah, you thought we'd run out, but uh, no prizes for guessing who might be uh, the subject of this week's player history. As well as that, there's the uh, the usual sort of waffle. There's other stuff too. Oh yes, we've got it. Oh, there's loads of stuff. Don't worry about it. And uh, on top of all that, I'll be giving you the names of the winners of the signed books, Arsenal, The Making of a Modern Super Club, uh, by Kevin Witcher and Alex Finn, who was on last week's Arscast. The three books are signed by Arsene Wenger, and coming up a little bit later on, I'll tell you who the random number generator picked out of the random number generator. Um, and if it's you, then you'll be happy, and if it's not, well, I'm very sorry. It's got absolutely nothing to do with me. The random number generator is a law unto himself. He really is, <clears throat> as as recent events have shown. Some people have won prizes that, yeah, well, it displeased me greatly, I have to say. But you take the uh, trials and tribulations that life throws at you, and you simply move on. So, since the last Arscast, what's happened? Well, loads of stuff has happened, hasn't it? We've got uh, the game against Manchester City last weekend, going into that confident that we could bounce back from our Old Trafford defeat, and pretty much everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Last season, we got tonked there, absolutely tonked, and uh, it was a bit of a tonking again. Unfortunately, I don't like that new stadium of Manchester City, and my thinking on this is that because of that, they should be forced to knock it down and move to a different stadium in which we can win games. Does that seem fair enough? Because I don't really see any uh, objection to this. I don't see how anybody could say this is not a good idea. It might cost them a load of money, but they've got a load of money. However much it might cost them, they could, they've got uh, loads more. So I think for, for my sake, they should be forced to, to move stadium. Uh, Emmanuel Adibayor faced his old teammates and, um, well, it didn't go very well, did it? Let's face it. He shouldn't have been on the pitch when he scored. He uh, he should have been booked, at least in the first few minutes, for a, a really nasty tackle on Cesc Fabregas. Apparently there was a slap on uh, Alex Song, which I, I didn't see. And I'm really not sure if Song 
knows anything about Stong doesn't strike me as the sort of guy who would know he's been slapped if you went up and slapped him. Maybe that's just me. He's just got that kind of face, doesn't he? If you went up and punched him right in the snout, it'd probably take about three weeks for him to realise what had happened. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going off the point here. Uh, his stamp on Robin Van Persie was absolutely disgraceful and disgusting. Uh, and rightly, he's been banned for three matches for that. And uh, his behaviour in general towards Arsenal and Arsenal Football Club well, was uh, appalling for a guy who did nothing but make a lot of money out of us. Uh, and I thought good players summed it up very well that this whole myth that Adi Bayor was abused constantly in his last season at Arsenal, well, it was nonsense. Absolute nonsense. He got a bit of stick pre-season, but during the season there wasn't a great deal going on. Ibue got booed and Bentner got worse time than Adi Bayor did. You don't hear them bitching and moaning and complaining about it. So the whole thing is a fiction to try and justify his actions. And his actions are, as we know, selfish and self-centered, self-indulgent. A lot of other things with self-in, self-abusing, self-touching, self... No, I'm not going to go there. I mean, let's face it. This is a guy that went out with an agenda against his former teammates, none of whom had ever done anything to him. As I said in the blog, what did Sesk ever do for him but, like, set up loads of goals for him? And how does he repay him? Tries to break his ankle. Very good. Van Persie never had a bad word to say about him, and he stamps on his face. And then there was a the whole thing after the goal where he ran up and, you know, slid on his knees in front of the Arsenal fans. Not clever. Not um, not very clever at all. Uh, there are those that say Arsenal fans should have behaved better, but I think the onus is on a professional football player who is paid one hundred and forty, hundred and £150,000 a week not to behave like a cunt. You know, be pleased that you scored against your old club by all means nobody is asking you not to celebrate but what people uh, shouldn't do is do what he did and run all that way Colo Toure Craig Bellamy are, are taking him away Craig Bellamy is the voice of reason in all this I mean that shows you what an absolute cunt Addy Bayor is um, so that's what happened and uh, you know from our point of view it wasn't a, a particularly good performance defensively Worrying, very worrying. Uh, our left-back position, again, uh, against Standard Liège was, was worrying. Um, Robin Van Persie scored. Thomas Rosicki scored a goal on his comeback game, which was very nice to see, and it's good to see Rosicki back. Um, so that was that kind of uh, difficult, controversial uh, defeat. And then we went on to win a game against Standard Liège in midweek, and um, that was bizarre as well, wasn't it? Because uh, within two minutes, we're a goal down, uh, a silly flick on the edge of the box from Eduardo. There, there guy gets it, and uh, he just whacks it past Vito Manone. And a couple of minutes after that, Gallas uh, takes down the guy for the penalty. Looked a bit suspicious to me, but there you go. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, you're 2-0 down in four minutes, and a 21-year-old goalkeeper making only a second appearance for the club, the only time he's touched the ball is to take it out of the net twice. That must be tough. And I have to say, I felt for Don Vito there. Um, I really did. Uh, first half, we played rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. It was awful to watch. Um, uh, but we got back into it right before the uh, halftime whistle. Bentner scored. Diaby it was like he shook off whatever was on top of him and, and did something really good. Held off two challenges, drove on, made a good pass, Bentner scored. 
Uh, second half, it was really all Arsenal. They didn't threaten. Uh, they sat back uh, looking to hold on to the lead. Some luck, you have to say, in terms of the second goal. Uh, Song's handball and, of course, the uh, the offside as well. Vermaelen got his second Arsenal goal. And then Eduardo, the guy who gave away the first goal, who all the fuss, all the Champions League fuss has been about, um, he crops up with the, with the winner. Um, so it was a case of playing badly and, and winning. And we've played well and lost too many times for me to complain even slightly about that. Um, anyway, with me to talk a little bit more about the events of the last week, um, I'm pleased to welcome back to the Arscast, Yogi's Warrior from A Cultured Left Foot. Hello there. Hi, Blogger. Right, I suppose we'll start with Standard Liège in midweek. A, a quite amazing game, I think, uh, up and down and, well, mostly down, but it ended with an up. They say the sign of a good team is one that can play badly and win, but you, you wouldn't want to watch Arsenal play that badly too often, would you? No, I think uh, the, the win was needed. didn't matter how it came. The goal could have come in off the referee's arse, but uh, they just had to win. They played reasonably well at City, aside from defensively. They played very well at Old Trafford, and they just had to win a game just to get some confidence. I think that was... Perhaps the problem with the two goals was the first goal went in and they just looked at each other and thought, Christ, here we go again. Mm. It was it was almost noticeable uh, during the Manchester City game last week when when they scored first, um, our, our heads kind of went down a little bit. And, and maybe that belief isn't there. And I think it was on, without trying to sound like a 14-year-old, I was chatting away to uh, the man from East Lower on, on MSN and I said to him that maybe what this team needs is to come back from uh, a goal or two down and, and win a game. Um, do you think that this might instill that kind of belief in them? Of course, the win will do that, but maybe just add that little bit more confidence that uh, they, they've actually done it rather than being told they can do it. They, they have actually done it. Yeah, there is. And there's that aspect. And I think their confidence gets better with every game that they play in the new formation, whatever you want to call it, 4-3-3 or whatever. Um, and they have to win games. And once they start believing, yeah, we've got the hang of this formation and you know we can produce the goods every week, then the wins are going to come. And I think that's going to be the key to this season is avoiding the silly draws and stupid defeats. Because I've got a feeling this season is going to be really tight. The the formation you mentioned it and it worked so well in the, in the first couple of games and my own thinking on it is that it worked well because the players worked really hard and and looking at the game uh, against Standard Liège it didn't seem to me that they were necessarily as um, as not as up for it because that's not the right word but they didn't work as hard when when we didn't have the ball as as they should have done. There's an element of truth in that, and I think that all comes back to the confidence thing. When a player is on top of the world, it's impossible to stop them running. Um, but gradually, they got themselves back into it, and Bentner scored a cracking goal. And you could see as the first half wore on, you just thought, well, we're not going to lose this game unless there's some rank bad luck. Like in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and some rank stupidity as well. <laughs> uh, stupidity, of course, coming from Eduardo, who who may have missed the game and are, uh, uh, on the game or during the game. You know, on, on Twitter, a lot of people were going, well, maybe you should have been banned. We shouldn't have appealed at all. <laughs> but then, you know, he, he pops up with uh, with the winner at the end. He, he's, uh, he's just that kind of player, isn't he? Yeah, there were a lot of players who've 
been criticised for their for their performances in Liège, but it's hard to say that any one individual played badly. They had a, an off night, but at the end of the day, football's about winning, and that is what they did, and that's all that counts. All right, we'll go from um, Liège to Manchester, and last weekend obviously saw the. Uh, not the return of Emmanuel Adibayor, but a return to uh, to Eastlands where we, we had a bad result last year. And this year, of course, we're facing a, a guy who left the club under a, a bit of a cloud. I think what, what happened, obviously, is well documented. Are you surprised um, at his reaction, not necessarily to the fans, because I know... Personally, I think he likes to cultivate this this story that he received terrible, terrible abuse from from Arsenal fans last season, and and I'm not sure that that's necessarily the the full truth. Um, so what whatever happened with the fans? But were you surprised at, at what went on on the pitch? The tackle on Fabregas, the stamp on Van Persie, and and in some reports they're talking about a slap in the face for for Alex Song. There's an element of surprise in there because. Um the feeling you always get from media speak when players do interviews is that they were all good buddies and they wandered around and did whatever footballers do on their off time when the paparazzi aren't about. But Adebayo's got form for losing his head and he did so in the Carling Cup final and a few years ago. And he's, I think he's a guy who needs to fight people. Mm. He needs to have a chip on his shoulder to be able to perform. And when the crowd were winding him up, you know, his views before the game, and then he got on the pitch, and to be honest, I think he just targeted people because he had no control. You reckon he's just he totally lost it, really? I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see anything in what he did that suggests he was thinking rationally. I mean, stamping on... Uh, in the first half was bad enough but you could see from the replays that he, he teed Van Persie up. There was no doubt about that. Mm. And it's not surprising that City didn't appeal. Well, I mean, they said, I mean, they, they did put a caveat on that, didn't they? They, they said, we reluctantly accept this this ban. Um, yeah, the, that's the sort of thing that Wenger does, though, when, you know, protecting his players and making them feel loved and Adebayor is definitely a player who has to feel loved. <laughs> no doubt about that. Obviously there was the, the celebration as well um, which uh, I, I don't know. I mean you you read a lot during the week and, and they talk about fans um, dishing out banter to players and then going mental when they, when they get a little bit back uh, and I think there's an element of truth to that in, in as much as, for example, if uh, I remember it was years ago and it could have been West Ham or something like that. And and they were singing songs uh, to David Beckham about his wife and his children. And he gave them the finger. And all of a sudden, 25,000 people in Upton Park are outraged because someone gave him the finger. But it's all right to talk about, you know, shagging his wife and doing whatever with his kids, you know. So it's an element of that. But isn't there a, a, an onus on a, on a, on a footballer? to behave in a way which isn't going to cause problems uh, the way that Adi Bayor's celebration did and nearly, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been and yeah, there's an aspect to that but I do think that us football fans are a bit fragile at times and you can understand why people were so very pissed off with him because he shouldn't have been on the pitch having mm. to dance on two players so he already wound them up 
and to run 80 yards faster than he's ever done in his career <laughs> is just unbelievably stupid on his part and he's probably going to end up punished for that as well. The problem with that is that the, the events happened in the Arsenal game and everyone else benefits. Well, this is true, isn't it? You know, that all the uh, the indiscretions happen against us. He shouldn't have been on the pitch to score that third goal. And who benefits but Manchester United this Sunday? Well, with a bit of luck, they'll both fall over flat first and it'll be the dullest nil-nil draw that anyone's ever seen. Well, fingers crossed on that. Speaking of fragile, um, our, our squad seems to consistently miss players and important players. And I'm looking at the, the squad list for... Uh, for the game against Wigan on on Saturday, Danielson is going to be out. Van Persie might be back, but Arshavin's probably going to be out. Theo Walcott's out. Nasri's out. Juru's out. Carlos Vela is out. Um, is it just us? Are we just unlucky? Because I mean, Arsenal's a, a a well-run scientific club with the best doctors, the best physios. Are we are we a little too precious? Are we taking too good care of them? We won't allow them out when they have even the slightest niggle. Any theories? The trouble is, I grew up in an era when, unless a footballer was on a life support machine, they were put out every Saturday. Mm. And, you know, these days we forget that footballers are like sprinters. And the more we demand of them, the more pressure they put on their bodies. And Arsenal do demand a lot of their players, a lot of passing and movement, whereas other clubs allow players to perhaps have a break and, you know, not support each other as quickly or as often as we do, that's the style of our game, and I think we'll suffer accordingly. There's some players, such as Rizitsky, that you think, well, that was just a horrific injury that was probably going to happen to him wherever he was. Um, mm. And he's missed, what, 18 months of his career out through it. But I think a lot of it is down to our style of play, and the pressure we put on people to run a lot more than other players. If you look at the statistics, Arsenal cover a lot more ground than other teams. And it's wear and tear. You'll probably be the expert on statistics then. I wasn't... I mean, you you see them thrown up during the Champions League and, you know, they say you run 9, 10 kilometres in a game. Are we doing more than other clubs? We are. We consistently move. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. More than English Premier League teams do. And when you're moving at a higher speed than a Champions League game, you're putting more pressure on joints and strains on muscles. 
And unfortunately, that's the way it's always going to be whilst Arsenal play this way. So it's it's kind of a price you have to pay. Do you want the good football or do you want the fit footballers playing crap? All right. At the moment, we've got the uh, the unfit footballers playing crap. But <laughs> joking, I'm joking. Before anyone comes on, uh, the quota system very briefly was mentioned during the week that uh, every club has to have a, a certain amount of homegrown players. Um, obviously, to um, I suppose to try and boost the, uh, the the national team in England. Arsene Wenger is against it because he talks about you know you judge a team on on the quality, not the passport of a player. Your thoughts? I don't think it's going to make any difference to Arsenal. I'm not entirely convinced it's going to make any difference to England either because the definition of homegrown is just so loose that anyone's homegrown if they've lived in another country for three or four years and been trained by another club. Uh, it's just you wait for another knee-jerk reaction, this time to set flatter mm. and just reacting to all these what they call child trafficking transfers that are so beloved in the media at the moment. Mm, it is. I mean, that's uh, it was Karl-Heinz Rummenigge who accused Arsenal and Arsene Wenger of, of child trafficking. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I suggest Mr. Rummenigge probably shuts his mouth, but I doubt that will happen. <laughs> All right, looking ahead very uh, very quickly to the game this weekend against Wigan. Um I, I, I suppose the, the fixtures that we've got coming up in the next few weeks are, are a chance to get some good momentum going. Are you expecting, you know, a, obviously a better performance, but uh, hopefully the same kind of result? I love a win. I'm really not bothered by the performance too much. A, a step up from Wednesday night and somewhere back to the performances we put in at Old Trafford and uh, City of Manchester when we were attacking and a tighter defence like we had at Goodison, and, well, everyone will be wondering what was going on for the last couple of weeks. All right, OK, well, we leave it there. Yogi's Warrior from A Cultured Left Foot, thank you very much. Yes. My thanks again to Yogi's Warrior from A Cultured Left Foot, and that is the name of his blog. You'll find it at aculturedleftfoot.wordpress.com. And if you can't remember that, just look on the uh, links sidebar on the left-hand side of Ars blog. You can check it out there uh, at your leisure. Now, back to Adi Bayor. We touched on it in the conversation. I can understand him wanting to do well against his former club. Every player, I suppose, wants to. I remember Paul Merson celebrating a goal uh, for Aston Villa at Highbury, skidding along on his arse. He was delighted with himself. So all players want to do well when they play against their former club but why did Adibayor want to hurt his former teammates why did he stamp on Van Persie why did he stamp on Fabregas why did he slap Alex Song what was his problem uh, you and I can speculate but in, in cases like this you've got to bring in the experts uh, so with me in studio now is an expert in Togonian behaviorology uh, Dr. Godfrey Twachloch Dr. Godfrey welcome to the show Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be back on the show. I have to say, the last time I thoroughly enjoyed the complimentary sandwiches and carton of umbongo. Well, I hope the uh, the quail eggs and the frangelico milkshakes go down uh, just as well. Um, Emmanuel Adebayor, what, what happened to him? Why did he do what he did? Well, I'm very glad you asked me that question, because it took a huge amount of research in order to come up with the answer. Now, to get the answer, of course, we had to do the usual amount of research. We were left with a pile of research so fat, 
It made Mark Viduka look like Karen Carpenter. What we did was we looked at Ali Boyle's career just before he came to Arsenal. At that time, he was sitting on the bench in Monaco. Now, as we know, Monaco is a small sovereign city-state located in southwest Europe, very close to France. In order to exist in such a state, one only needs to use 6% of one's brain. So when Ali Boyle came to London, there was an enormous gap in his brain which wasn't being used. Arsene Wenger very cleverly looked at that and said, I know what we'll do. So what he did was he used that redundant 94% to teach Adibayor how to play the game of football. It wasn't all a success, as we know. The offside rule appears to still be a complete mystery to him. But he got him to head, to shoot, to pass, to run, to tackle, and to work hard as a footballer. What we discovered next was quite extraordinary. We took all this research and put it together with some statistics that we had taken from the Premier League website Fantasy Football Game. It appears to us that Emmanuel Adibayor has fallen foul of a condition, a very rare condition, called transcendental pious substantiation. In other words, he believes that he is the son of God, put on this earth to spread the word of his father. And that, having moved to Manchester City, explains exactly why Adibayor behaved the way he did and why he is what he is. But what is he? Well, he's a cunt. Ah, now it makes sense. Dr. Godfrey Twitchell, thank you very much indeed. You're very welcome, thank you. I'm telling you, if you need something researched, that man is the man to do it. Always comes to the uh, to the right conclusion, shall we say. Now, uh, don't forget, still to come, we've got Sylvester. We've also got the winners of the uh, the signed books by Arsene Wenger. Of the books signed by Arsene Wenger, I should say. That makes an awful lot more sense. Uh, also, we'll be looking ahead to the Wigan game, the team news, and all that kind of stuff. But right now, the man in the bar. Would you look at what the cat dragged in? The arse blogger himself. Don't see around these parts too much, of course. No, you prefer the older, more traditional bars. These trendy places, they're too much for you, I know. All the chrome and the recessed lighting shows off that scarring on that side of your face. Something terrible. Well, there can be only one reason why you're here. Am I right? Oh, yeah, Marta, you want to play your history? And I don't think you need to be a genius to work out which particular player you want to play your history for, would you? No, that's right. You want to play your history for Emmanuel Adibayor. Sorry, I was waiting for that thing to come in. You know when something dramatic happens in a movie and it goes... Dun, dun, dun. I'd really love that if every time I said something dramatic it went... Dun, dun, dun. With my newfound wealth, I could hire a sound effects guy or something to walk around with me. That'd be cool. What? Player history? Oh, you want the player history? All right, then. <coughs> right, then. Emmanuel Adibayor joined Arsenal in 2006. He got the number 25 shirt because he was a great big fan of Canu. However, it soon became clear that Adibayor should have been known as Cantu, as his inability to put the ball in the back of the net became legendary. One miss against Portsmouth from less than three inches out had Arsenal fans the world over holding their heads in their hands. 
However, in the season after Thierry Henry left to go to Barcelona, something happened to Eddie Bayor. I believe it was a magic spell of some kind, because that's the only way you could explain the metamorphosis into a player who couldn't score for shit into someone who got over 30 goals that season. That summer, though, his head swelled. He thought he should be playing for Milan or Barcelona, and him and his agents touted himself around Europe to try and get a move to another club. Knowing that Arsenal wanted him to stay, he negotiated a better deal, getting a pay rise of £50,000 a week. From that moment on, it was like another spell had been cast on Adi Bayor. The one that made him score goals was one thing, but this one turned him into a complete and utter cunt. He looked like a cunt, he played like a cunt, he acted like a cunt, he went on BBC to give out about the Arsenal fans like a cunt, and when we had two semi-finals against Manchester United in the Champions League, he wandered around the place scratching his hole, thinking about his number 25 monogram car seats, and how many parties he was going to have, and how many birds he was going to shag in his swimming pool cunt! It's little wonder then that he transferred to Manchester City for around £25 million. His estimated wage is £140,000 every week. Economists suggest that by 2016, Emmanuel Adibayor could be earning £14 million a week. Last Saturday, his new club played his old club. With their handshakes, with their smiles, with their hands around shoulders, pats on the back, good to see you, me old pal. No, there certainly were not. Eddie Bayor tried to break Cesc Fabregas' ankle by standing on it. He tried to break Ron Van Persie's face by stamping on it. He then, after scoring a bog-standard header, raced the length of the pitch to celebrate in front of the Arsenal fans who threw things at him. Sadly, none of those things were a samurai sword, a cutlass, or a homemade atom bomb, which would have obliterated him into a thousand million billion pieces. Nowadays, Emmanuel Adibayor is banned for three games for stamping on Robin Van Persie. He may get another one to three games for his celebration, but the one thing that will always be true about Emmanuel Adibayor is that if you went into the darkest depths of the sea, found a lady blue whale, and cut out her vagina, it wouldn't be as big a cunt as him. It's true. There you go, the man in the bar with a player history about Emmanuel Adibayor. Now, before we get on with this Adi Bayor as a cunt cast, last week on the show, we had Alex Finn. A very interesting chat about Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. And Alex is the co-author of Arsenal, The Making of a Modern Super Club, co-written with Kevin Witcher from The Gooner. And Alex and Kevin and the publishers were very kind uh, to give me three copies of the book to give away in a competition. This is the new paperback edition, which has additional chapters, if you've already read it. Um, These three books are signed by Arsene Wenger himself. So a real, real collector's item. I ask you to name the clubs that Arsene Wenger has managed in his managerial career. Those clubs are Nancy, Monaco, Nagoya Grand Passate, and, of course, Arsenal. An absolute ton of entries. The random number generator did its thing, and the three winners of those books are as follows. Jessica Carmichael. John O'Reilly, and Peter Fieck. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Well done to you three. I'll be in touch to get your address details, and we'll get those books sent out to you. To the rest of you, thank you very much indeed uh, for taking the time to enter the competition. If you check out the blog today, you will find a link 
on the blog, which will take you through to the publisher's website, and you can buy that book, the paperback edition, uh, with a discount by using the code ROCKY when you get to the checkout. You'll find the link on the blog today. Uh, so commiserations if you didn't win, if you, uh, if you didn't and you still fancy reading the book. It's the paperback edition. It's out now, and you can get it discounted by buying it through the link on Ars blog today. Right, uh, we'll be looking ahead to the Wigan game right now, though. Sylvester. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. I have to say I'm not terribly happy this week. Another trip to Manchester, another defeat. But of course, all the talk is about Emmanuel Adibayo. What a disgrace. He stamp on Cesc Fabregas. He stamp on the face of Robin Van Persie. His beautiful face. And then when he scores a goal, he runs all the way up the pitch and slides on his knees in front of the Arsenal fans. This makes me so angry, I can't even make a joke about him being on his knees. Oh, baby! Sylvester, and he'll be back on another Arscast in the very near future. Now, uh, tomorrow, we play Wigan at home. Last year's game against Wigan was that infamous game when uh, Ibuwe uh, had that, that just awful, awful game, uh, tackling his own players and passing to the opposition and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was a 1-0 win. We scraped it. And we'll be hoping for a better performance tomorrow. Uh, the result, I could live with a 1-0, but I wouldn't mind a, a few goals, if that's all right. Just to calm the nerves a little bit. Injury news or team news. Robin Van Persie could return, but Danielson is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Andre Arshavin has a small chance, 10% chance, according to Arsene Wenger. So I suspect he probably won't play him, given the fact the opposition is Wigan. And that's no disrespect to Wigan. As well as that, uh, Walcott's out. Nasri's out. Fabianski's out. Juro, of course, long-term. Carlos Vela. Uh, and that's it. So we've got all those injuries. Uh, Almunia, of course, still out. So that means uh, that the young Italian uh, will continue in goal and it's another chance uh, for Vito Manone. Nothing less than three points required for this one. We've got to start climbing our way back up the table. We've got to start uh, winning games again and winning them consistently. It's got to start here. So uh, here's hoping that happens. Uh, and that's about that for this week's Arsecast. So until next week's show, have yourselves a very good weekend. Come on the Arsenal tomorrow. Uh, I'll talk to you all weekend on the blog, all next week on the blog, and, of course, on next week's Arsecast. Until then, take it easy. Bye-bye. Zidane, yeah? It is. Oh, um, okay. Um, hello. My name is George. I am uh, 39 years of age. And at the moment, I, 
I live near Dublin. That tends to change a bit toward my uh, work. I move around a bit, as it were. Um, obviously, I'm looking for a nice lady, you know, to do the romantic things with. You know, have the dinner. She could cook me dinner, like. That'd be romantic, of course, and maybe go to a dance or to a dog fight or a cock fight. Or even, you know, if she doesn't have the evenings free, we could go to, you know, kind of a riot on a housing estate during the day or something. Um, I am a kind of a person, am I? I'm very uh, kind and generous and gentle and, um, what's that word? Considerate. Considerate. That's what I am, and that too. I've got a great sense of humour. Um, I could tell you a joke, for example. Uh, let me think. Uh, oh, God. Uh, done a bit blind, or whatever you call it. Stage fright. Even though I'm not in a stage. Um, Alright, um, what do you get if you put Emmanuel Adivayor in an industrial mincer? Mince. Anyway, if you're interested, the number there is on the screen in front of you. I hope to hear from you. And, uh, you know, you could be the lucky bearer of my children, of course, who we could marry. Not individually, of course, we make them marry each other. And, uh, you know, see if we can out-mutant those O'Connors. Fucking bastards. Always going on about how their kids are the most mutanty. And, f yeah. Anyway. Um, thanks very much for watching. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.